This morning from Acts chapter 28, verses 23 and 24, then I'll skip to verse 28 through 31. After they had set a day to meet with him, they came to him at his lodgings in great numbers. From morning until evening, he explained the matter to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he had said, while others refused to believe. Let it be known to you then that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. This is the word of God for the people of God. Today we read about Paul in Rome near the end of his life. We've been involved in this eight-week series looking at different biblical characters. Folks, I think, are people worth knowing because of how they live their Christian life, the characteristics of their Christian life. I thought we could learn from in terms of enhancing our own discipleship. And I've saved Paul for last, but this is really not the first time we've heard about Paul. A few weeks ago, we talked about a fellow named Ananias. You remember, he was the fellow who was hesitant to do what God was calling him to do, which was to go and help this persecutor named Saul. But finally, Ananias agreed and went and prayed for this man, and he was healed. And this Saul then becomes Paul later in this book. His name is changed as he begins to proclaim the gospel but we also ran into paul last week when we were talking about barnabas remember barnabas was one of the very first followers of jesus believing he was the christ he was in jerusalem with the apostles and then they heard that there was this growth happening up in antioch that lots of people were coming to be believers that this rabbi jesus from nazareth was in fact the anointed one the one god had chosen through whom to work to reveal his love to the entire world. So the apostles sent Barnabas up to Antioch. He saw what was going on, and the story told us that he rejoiced in these great numbers of people whose lives were being changed as they'd heard this good news about Jesus being the Christ. But so many were coming, in fact, that he decided he ought to have some help. So the story told us that he traveled over to Tarsus, where Paul was living. And invited him to come back and help. Encouraged him to come and help him teach and preach to these early converts. These who were just coming to believe that they might understand the fullness of what God was doing through Jesus. So we have run into Paul before. But between chapter 11, where we were reading last week, and chapter 28, a lot has happened. Paul and Barnabas and others have traveled all around the Roman Empire, proclaiming that Jesus is the Christ, telling people that God is doing a new thing through this Jesus of Nazareth, and that they have come to believe that He is Lord, Lord of their lives and Lord of all creation. But now we come to this final chapter of this book of Acts. And 
Luke, who's writing the book, tells us a little more about Paul and says he is now under house arrest in Rome awaiting his trial. Some of the Jews to whom he had talked and discussed and perhaps debated and proclaimed that Jesus is the one have agitated against him so much so now he is having to go on trial. Oh, he's had some other trials the book of Acts tells us about, but he is a Roman citizen, and so he asked to be sent to Rome before final judgment was passed on what he was doing in his testimony. And so he's been sent to Rome. That's where we picked up the story. And it's remarkable to me that what this book of Acts tells us about Paul is even though he's been arguing and disputing with the Jews and now he's under house arrest because they've agitated against him that one of the first things he does upon his arrival in Rome is invite the Jews there in Rome to come and see him, to further this discussion, to talk more about what God is doing in this place. And the second half of verse 23, where we began to read, tells us about that, that when the Jews arrive in great numbers, it says, from morning until evening, he explained the matter to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And so Jesus is using the Hebrew Scriptures to try to explain to the Jews why he's come to believe what he believes, that in fact God is doing a new thing through this rabbi Jesus. And in fact, he's been raised from the dead, that he is alive. Paul tells him he's had that experience of God being alive through Christ in his life, and he's trying to explain it's exactly what we've read in our scriptures about what God was going to do. It has come to pass. And then in verse 24 we're told how the people respond. Some were convinced by what he had said, while others refused to believe. Some were convinced by what he had said, while others refused to believe. But isn't that the way it is with so many things in life when there's something new or someone calls for change? Some believe Some do not. Some are ready to embrace the new teaching. Others are not. It's a mystery why some respond and some do not. It's a mystery of the human condition why sometimes we hear God's voice and other times we do not. Now Paul has spent most of his adult life traveling around the Roman Empire preaching and teaching that Jesus is Lord. And you can guess the responses at every place. Some believe and some do not. Some are ready to change and others are not. Some become followers of Christ, but others do not. Some receive Paul's teaching and preaching as the good news And others think it's anything but that. Yet, in every case, Paul persists in his teaching and preaching of the gospel of Jesus as Christ. He never quits, despite threats and arrests and beatings. 
He never quits. In the face of all opposition, Paul perseveres for the rest of his life. Once he's had this experience of Christ, he is going to be a teacher and a preacher and a proclaimer of the gospel to any and all who might listen. Have you seen the new Tom Hanks movie called Bridges, Bridge of Spies? about a character a real american it's based on a true story about a guy named james donovan tom hanks plays the lead role of donovan it's directed by steven spielberg i saw it a few weeks ago it is well done i think it tells the story of a time back in the early 1960s the united states and the ussr are in this grip of fighting for world domination for Whose philosophy will win out in terms of how people should live together and structure their lives? It's a dangerous game as they both have nuclear capabilities that could destroy the whole planet if unleashed. So they're both spying on one another. This tells the story of a time when the U.S. arrested a man believed to be a spy for the Russians. Oh, it sets off a wave of fear that in fact, oh, they are among us. They are spying on us. And animosity is running so high that the country is ready to string this guy up right now. But the law enforcement officials, of course, say, no, he, he deserves a trial. The problem is they can't find anybody who is willing to be his defense attorney. How will they have a trial? They finally decide to go to this James Donovan, an insurance attorney by now in New York, but he had been a war crimes prosecutor at the end of World War II. They thought if they could get Donovan, it would bring an air of respectability to the trial. They thought they could count on him. They go and talk to him. He, he wants nothing to do with it, but they persuade him with the help of his boss to take on this case but once he takes it on and begins to prepare a defense he realizes that nobody really wants him to defend this fellow oh they want him to have a trial but they want to make sure that the end verdict is guilty and donovan looks like he's really working on preparing a competent defense for this fellow so all around him, people are turning on him. His boss who recruited him turns on him. The law enforcement officials who had said, oh, we need you, they turn on him. Even his family is wondering why is he involved to defend this fellow who everyone believes is a spy for the Russians. He argues that it is our Constitution and its protections and the rule of law that sets us apart, that makes us different than the Soviets, that makes our country great, and he cannot believe that all the others are willing to abandon that because they're being overcome by the fear of the Soviets. And so people snub him. They question his patriotism. He begins to receive threats and attacks. People 
began to shoot bullets into his home, endangering his life, but also that of his wife and his children. Mobs gather outside who are ready to kill him because he's willing to stand up and offer this man a defense. He continues to remind people that in our country, you are innocent until you're proven guilty. He withstands all comers and continues to prepare a defense for this accused Russian spy. He perseveres in the face of all of this opposition. Donovan, James Donovan and Paul share that in common in the face of strong opposition attacks and threats they stand firm they continue to stand firm in their beliefs and share them with others i find it remarkable what luke tells us about paul down toward the end of where we read in verse 30 that he lived there in rome for two years and all the while he welcomed all who came to him He welcomed all who came to him. Even though he knew they didn't all agree, he knew they wouldn't all be friendly, he knew that some would walk away and decide he was despicable, that he had lost his mind. And yet in the midst of all of that, Paul was willing to stay open to God, believing that God might use him to bring another to Christ. That through him, maybe another would hear this great good news of God's love and grace being poured out upon us without price. And then in verse 31, Luke tells us what Paul shared after he welcomed them in. He said he was proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul is worth knowing because it is his witness, his proclamation that spread the gospel to the Gentiles and therefore to us. If Paul hadn't written letters to these early Christian communities, we would have lost this earliest testimony of those who were coming to believe that God was at work in Jesus, making him the Christ, making him the revealer making him the savior of the world. Paul's letters are some of the earliest documents we have that give us this testimony of what the first of those following Christ believed. We think the very earliest of all of these letters that we have in the New Testament of the Christian scriptures is the letter we call 1 Thessalonians. But it's not only that. 13 of the 27 books or letters, epistles, the documents we have that make up the Christian scriptures, 13 of those 27 are written by Paul or someone writing in his name or in his honor. Half of this book of Acts, as you read through it, you realize is about Paul and what God was doing through him to spread this gospel to any and all who might listen, especially to the Gentiles. So let's look briefly at Paul's expression of faith. I want us to look at that first letter, 1 Thessalonians. just want to read you the first verse. 
Paul writes this to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. It's simple and brief and yet so clear. It tells us who Paul is and what he believes. God is Father and Jesus is Lord. And because of that, there is this offer of grace and peace for us all. Or you could say God's favor and wholeness in this life and the life to come. But if we flip over to Romans, Paul's most mature letter, we find a very similar message, but it's a little longer. Let me read you the first few verses out of Romans. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of His name, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord, Jesus Christ. I think it's the same message that he wrote to the Thessalonians. It's a little more expanded. He gives us a little more detail, but God is still Father and Jesus is still Lord. And he says, we know this because God has raised this Jesus from the dead. And if we believe this, then we are to be obedient in faith. That is to be our response because we are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Do you believe this gospel? Is that good news to your ears? Do you believe you belong to Jesus Christ? Oh, John Wesley was the founder of Methodism. He believed that. He had what he called a covenant prayer. It summarized so well, I think, what it means to be a faithful disciple of Christ, to respond to this declaration, this proclamation of good news that Christ is raised from the dead for us and on our behalf. Let me read just a few sentences out of Wesley's covenant prayer. He writes, To Christ we pray, let me be your servant under your command i will no longer be my own i will give up myself to your will in all things lord make me what you will i put myself fully into your hands put me to doing or put me to suffering let me be employed for you or laid aside for you Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, 
Let me have nothing. I freely and with a willing heart give it all to your pleasure and disposal. That is what Paul has done ever since he had that experience on that road to Damascus and heard the voice of the risen Lord calling him. Ananias prayed for him. Scales fell from his eyes. And it says he began to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. He proclaimed that the rest of his life. Wesley believed the same thing. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's come down to us. To believe it is to become a Christian. That is what it means to say Christ is King and Lord of my life. Paul proclaims it near and far for the rest of his life. Paul experienced it in his own life and it changed his life and indeed it changed the world. May it be so for each of us as well this very day.